Welcome to Blue Medicine Journal, a Jungian podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra Luz del Castillo, a Jungian mentor, ritual artist, and dreamer, coming to you from out of the blue. Thank you for joining me in the wild blue yonder of now to contemplate our turning world in this pivotal and kairos moment and on a new moon to plant seeds of hope and imagine a new world into being with the images arising from our hearts. May love prevail. called Postpartum Blues, La Llorona and the Shadow, was born from an article in the New Yorker magazine called What We Still Don't Know About Postpartum Psychosis. Linda Winters, the author, her research is a haunting depiction of the distinct levels of postpartum blues couched with an even bleaker medical model that has long kept this a held secret, unresearched, underfunded for centuries. In recent years, this taboo is finally beginning ever so slowly to emerge from the shadows. Winter's article is also where I met my first guest, Cornelia Tay, the Romanian artist. You can see her series called Blue Milk, which gives expression to her postpartum depression on her website of the same name, Cornelia Tay, that's spelled T-A-E, as well as on my Instagram account, blue underscore medicine underscore journal. I will be posting new photos today. In a series of synchronicities and serendipity, my guests for this series continued arriving. It is not surprising that after centuries in the dark, the energy is so constellated for this topic. It is humming. And so we are following that tune and thread into the soul realms. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce Thea Valencia, whose vision, research, and applied practices help shed light on what it means to tend the soul of those haunted by postpartum blues. Thea is a doctoral student in the Counseling Psychology Program at the Pacifica Graduate Institute. Where I, also, where I also got my dissertation, not in that program, but the same institute, and where she brings her own experience with postpartum blues to her research and dissertation topic. Again, this is not to displace the pharmaceutical approaches that have been long you know, in process, but to open the field to healing modalities that feed the soul, that are more in line with the vision of U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, whose concept of as a healer is as a partner in the healing process, one who is able to listen, learn, and to love. Thea's presentation is called The Chrysalis and the Hero Person's Journey, a Jungian perspective of the role and power of image 
myth and ritual in healing parapartum mood and anxiety disorders. Welcome, Thea, and thanks again for taking the time out of your busy life as a doctoral student, wife, and mother to join the important conversation here. I'm thrilled. Thank you, Sandra, for inviting me to join you as we delve into the world of symbols and stories. Absolutely. Yay. It's an honor and a privilege to share space with you and with all birthing people who've struggled or are currently struggling with peripartum depression, anxiety, or psychosis. And I use the words birthing people to honor everyone who has a child, transmasculine folks, and people who are queer or non-binary. Wonderful. I would like to honor their presence today and honor everyone who has uh, been a partner, a husband, a wife, to those who've struggled with uh, peripartum mood and anxiety disorders. Here, here. So be it. Yes. Yes. I would like to share about the necessity for novel treatment approaches for peripartum mood and anxiety disorders, or PMADs, that go beyond the medical model and into the imaginal, a place of myth, image, and dream, where it is possible to artfully re-choreograph the parent-infant bond that may have been affected by PMADs. My current research centers on depth psychology-informed treatment methodologies that utilize dancer movement, visual art, and verbal therapeutic modalities to provide healing for a birthing person's peripartum depression and anxiety, which may then assist with parental role adjustment and infant attachment. I was drawn to this topic as I've had my own experiences with PMADS and found great solace and healing through parent-child movement and the creation of art. Beautiful. During times of crisis, when in the throes of a PMAD, the birthing person may demonstrate a need for assistance from the wise elder and caregiver archetypal figures, but may not have the support of friends, family, or physical and mental health professionals. They are caring for their baby, but for various reasons, may not be receiving adequate care themselves. For example, isolation, fear of having a child taken away, lack of adequate screening, cultural considerations, or challenges with resources may prevent the caregiver from seeking help or receiving treatment. Such an important point there, Thea. This is something that we see, you know, we, we also saw discussed with, with Cornelia and, and Christina. It's, it's prevalent. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please go on. But yes, it's so vital. Yes. Thus, transformations are necessary in a healthcare system that may not fully provide for the needs of new birthing people or repeat birthing people. 
Expressive arts therapies may provide relief for the birthing person experiencing PMADS, where the compassionate therapist may play the roles of wise elder and caregiver in the archetypal guidance of healing the birthing person and infant. And just to define archetype, Samuels et al. suggested that archetype is the inherited part of the psyche. Structuring patterns of psychological performance linked to instinct. Through nonverbal communication of images, symbolic representations, dreams, physical expression, emotions, feelings, thoughts, and memories, the primary caregiver may access what psychiatrist and psychoanalyst Carl Jung defines as the concept of the collective unconscious and archetypal modes of perception within themselves. And we see the collective unconscious in our experience as birthing people when we feel this connection with all of the people on the planet, historical, present, perhaps future, that have been through the process of birth and parenting, et cetera. Absolutely. So feel yeah. this connection with all of these ancestors and all of these present folks that are going through this process together at the same time all over the planet. Profound. In our current technology-informed and disconnected society, there are a lack of authentic and healing ritual spaces for birthing people. Giving birth and parenthood are significant milestones of transformation for many people. But caregivers in current westernized society do not necessarily have the tribal village, rites of passage, or ritual to use as a source of support. Or too few, that's, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Few. The new birthing person is often alone in their journey. Analytic psychologist, poet, and mythopoetic author Marion Woodman stated, without the container and without the group, the aloneness is almost intolerable. Oof. Here, yes. here. Marion. Marion Woodman. Yes. As a former professional dancer and dance educator, it is my understanding that throughout history, dance and movement have been used to create such sacred spaces. The body becomes a tool for prayer in both religious and spiritual contexts. And birthing is a spiritual experience. It's a rite of passage and a ritual. And we don't know that. We don't, we don't, in the West, in, in Western modernity, we don't go into it with that knowledge. I certainly didn't. It happened, but I didn't know it until it happened. Mm -hmm. I agree. When a birthing person is struggling with PMADS, they may not have the time or inclination for adequate healing and self-care. A dance movement therapy group that welcomes children may be the answer in finding a sense of self, wholeness, and community 
during a difficult time. The healing space of the dance movement therapy room can provide a pathway to transformation and self-esteem. The symbol of the circle is archetypal in nature and is often used in ritual or folk dances from many cultures, creating community, connection, and joy. In the mystical space of the symbolic circular therapeutic container, dance movement therapy may provide an embodied form of healing and ritual for the primary caregiver with PMADS to help mitigate potential barriers to infant bonding. Oof. In treating PMADS from a depth psychology orientation, it is possible to utilize the interpretation of symbols. The manifestations of PMADS have the potential to affect secure attachment with the baby, in that the birthing person may be experiencing such severity of symptoms that they may no longer be able to effectively care for the child. It is then necessary to seek treatment as the new parent is most likely living in a non-ritualized society where prominent symbolic rites of passage do not exist. Precisely. May, yes. There may not be a resource or group to quote by Marion Woodman to support the influx of transcendent power. The new parent may lack a group container to process their significant life event. In response to this challenge, Woodman stated, the individual ego has to be strong enough to build its own chrysalis in order to create a loving communication with its own inner symbols. The therapist can encourage the PMADS client to create their own protective shell in which to ritualistically turn inward in reflection of providing a chrysalis womb for their child. You know, I, I want to, I have to say that's so key and it's so unaddressed. It certainly was, you know, 40 some years ago when I first gave birth this transcendent power of the woman in childbirth. Yes. We don't know anything about that. We're not expecting it. We're not expecting it. And so this, the power of image of the chrysalis, it's like you've taken it that next step because when a woman who's experiencing PMADS is literally separated, I know in Europe that they have, you know, as we learned from Cornelia, they actually have spaces where the mother, the baby can be with the mother. In the U.S., where we are at the dictates of insurance companies, insurance companies won't allow that. Mm -hmm. Unless a baby's sick, they can't be with the mother. And so that attachment that you're talking about that is so key in those formative infant years, when that attachment, when that bond is broken, that chrysalis that you're offering, that's gold. That's gold. Anyway, please continue. Please continue. I'm so appreciative. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, a necessary space of transition yes. into the role of parenthood and provides this, this container for, for the new birthing person to, to process what is happening, not only physically, but emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and in this place of carrying a new human into this world. 
a new human that you're completely and utterly responsible for, tiny and fragile and beautiful and sacred. Mm -hmm. Absolutely exquisite. Thank you. Thank you. Please continue. A personal chrysalis, as executed via movement and visual art, enables the PMAT's client to explore deeply regarding their birth story and birth trauma, if applicable, and may be beneficial for self-transformation and contemplation. Come with me, everyone, on a brief journey into the chrysalis and imagine yourself in the following movement ritual. Say this about this before we begin is that for those of you that are my age, that are boomers, whose babies have already been raised, you can still do this. If you suffered postpartum depression, blues, this beautiful guided meditation that Thea takes us on is something you can still do to heal that bond. Because the imaginal realms, the soul realms don't, don't, they're not bound by our concept of time and healing that bond can still happen. Beautiful. So that said, please guide us, Thea. Begin. Imagine you're holding your infant in your arms close to your heart. And to begin, please place your infant on a nearby blanket, safely out of the way, to allow yourself time to focus inward and physically express yourself. And imagine during the soft, slow music, hold your hands over your heart. Close your eyes, breathe deeply. And envision your pregnancy, your birth experience, and your current interactions with your child. Take a moment to feel the emotions and memories in your body. Now open your arms wide, reach open, and close them around yourself as you lean your head down and shrink down lower to the ground forming a chrysalis. Tune into your feelings and physical sensations. While in this chrysalis space, I invite you to use the different styles of music that we imagine that are playing to explore any emotions such as anger, rage, sadness, fear, anxiety, Frustration, loneliness, helplessness, confusion, and physical actions that are bubbling up that embody your challenges and peripartum depression or anxiety. I welcome you to engage in movement on the floor or to stand and express your movements with a full range of motion if you are called to do so in your mind. 
A chrysalis is a place of transformation. So after the movement, I now invite you to imagine standing up in the chrysalis. Close your eyes. Hold your hands over your heart once again. Breathe deeply three times, symbolically. Once again. And lastly. Feel a sense of regeneration and peace. Wrap your arms around your body, giving yourself a hug and sway back and forth, just as you would rock an infant, nurturing yourself from within. Now open your eyes and emerge from the chrysalis with arms open wide and chin lifted as you take in the beauty around you and imagine flying away, transformed. Pick up your child and for the next song that we must imagine, breathe deeply with your child. Wrap your wings around the child. Give them a squeeze and lay them gently on the floor. Open their arms out and in, just as you have. Push their legs in and out, just as you have grown. Encourage them to roll gently from side to side and make silly faces or smile. Imagine yourself making noises or talking to your child. Now pick up your child and imagining upbeat children's music. We sing, we bounce, we rock, sway, twirl and dance in a circle, the symbolic circle, lifting the child high into the air as if they are flying, emerging from their own chrysalis and setting them down gently onto the floor once again, when you are ready. And at the culmination of this guided imagination ritual. You might imagine how the movement ritual could help you to feel more connected to yourself, your own birth story, and your experience of PMADS. What might be most healing about the exercise? How might it influence the way in which you connect or attach with your child? How could you apply this felt sense of healing to your relationship with your child?
continue now into the myth of what I term the hero person's journey. And I use the word hero person to go beyond the masculine and the feminine into the non-binary. The myth of the hero person's journey can also be utilized in treating PMADS. Mythological author Joseph Campbell stated, the standard path of the mythological adventure of the hero is a magnification of the formula represented in the rites of passage, separation, initiation, return. Psychologist Ifat Pellid clarified the various steps on the hero person's journey as follows. And imagine this as a cycle, a circle. From the ordinary world, there is a call to adventure, a sign, then a refusal of the call. We see allies and we battle enemies. We go to the innermost cave, the life or death ordeal of the abyss. We experience transformation, reward. We bring the gifts from the gods. Then there is the road back, acknowledgement of a transcendent force, resurrection back to life, and a return with the elixir to the ordinary world. For example, the birthing person has just embarked on a symbolic transformational path of magnanimous proportions. They leave the ordinary world upon receiving a biological call to adventure. At first, the birthing person may be in denial of this call and may refuse to accept that they are, in fact, pregnant. They meet their own internal parent archetype who provides them with reassurance that they are on the right path. They then cross the threshold of their unconscious when many of their repressed memories from childhood may surface. The birthing person is tested by the trauma of birth and their own sense of attachment. Their inner child needs atonement with their primary caregivers. They experience the ordeal of peripartum depression or anxiety. From their depression, they discover the true beauty of the suffering of parenthood and understand the reward of the new baby in their care. The birthing person benefits from knowing that they are in the company of all the people of history who have given birth before them. The new parent brings the reward with them from the unknown and is resurrected anew, realizing that the godly powers sought and dangerously won are revealed to have been within the heart of the hero all the time. And that's by Joseph Campbell. Beautiful. Yeah. And this is just an example of how the hero person's journey may be envisioned. 
you know, you you say a couple of things there that I want to um, address. One, I have a question about, you say that we need the atonement. What do you mean by that? Will you flesh that a little bit? Sure. I think with that, we, we often struggle, well, I'll speak for myself, perhaps, with our own childhood memories, mm-hmm. with our own, um, the parenting that we may have received. And that, excuse me, could come up during our own birth experience, during our own uh, pregnancy, during our own transition into parenthood. And we may be uh, questioning, you know, things that happened in our own childhood, in our own birth experience, stories that we've heard. Absolutely, absolutely, yes. I think it's just a coming to terms. It's a reckoning, I see what you're saying, yeah. Reckoning, Mm -hmm. coming to terms with our own experiences. And I think in, in recognizing those and perhaps choosing to, to make sure that we have the best opportunity for parenting for our own child. So if we did experience perhaps adverse childhood experiences, um, which may be in some cases trauma, um, abuse, parental substance use, um, perhaps incarceration of a parent, then we may learn from those experiences and choose to change those patterns. So I think this all comes in that step of atonement and um, transcendence into a new pattern, a new habit, a new ritual. A new ritual, yeah, absolutely. In that, in that rite of passage, you know, that is so powerful for a woman, a, a birthing person, you know, that idea that a baby literally goes through a birth canal in your body is, you know, it, it's like a volcano rushing through your body. And it, it creates the, that transcendent experience that Marian Woodman talks about that we're just so unprepared for. And it brings everything like to the fore. Memories that have been repressed, but through our breath and through that experience are there, whether that's our mother's own postpartum blues experience, you know, or what we experienced in her womb as we came out, it's there. And or what our grandmothers, I mean, like you said, all birthing people before us. It's there. It's an archetypal experience and so profound. And, and it does, it does come to the fore. And if we have, you know, experienced adverse childhoods, which I think most people across the planet have, you know, then it is a reckoning. It's like, how are we going to do this? You know, I, I read recently, um, I watched recently, something of a TED talk called matrescence, which is like adolescence. And we don't even think about that. You know, all of a sudden we move from being, you know, a single human being only responsible for ourselves to suddenly being a mother with all of the hormonal changes that that implies and all of the, the, 
emotional and physical responsibilities and realities that suddenly are, you know, that, 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 that we are somehow, you know, we're supposed to immediately know how to embrace and on a day-to-day basis, 24 seven, you know, it's, it's, it needs as much support and love as it can get this this period of time and the only thing that we know about it within our you know limited and and, and, you know patriarchal structure is that we are you know the stuff of sitcoms you know the fodder of sitcoms screaming hysterics and birth that's what we understand as a rite of passage birthing you know it's like we're the screaming hysterics and and or, or, you know, and, and that, that's true for all aspects of, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, menstrual cycle or whatever, we, we're just jokes. And this, this approach that you take is so beautiful and so powerful and so stunning and so important at this point, you know, in our history, as finally the, the, the voice of the feminine begins to arise from the depths, you know, to, to 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 roar and 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 wail and and reclaim our power as 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 mothers as birthing people you know on a new planet that needs the feminine that needs a balance finally you know to 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 claim our place and this is i think this is a key you know place where we find it when you use the image thea of the chrysalis I, I was weeping, by the way, when we when when you went through that process with us, and I was not expecting that. So thank you. I I I, I can't tell you how important that is, and I I felt what's important to know about the image within a Jungian framework is that image is psyche, image is soul. We're not separate from it. We are immersed in the anima mundi, which means the soul of the world, which I like to think of as a soul soup. The chrysalis, you know, like every archetypal or mythological image, the dreams images, the, the, the images that we gain from symbols, these are all vessels of soul that are living blueprints and transformative so in this incredible rite of passage it is a ritual let's reclaim that who are gods and goddesses that we that we invoke in this moment of truth you know in my last childbirth it was 30 and I had all of my children at home and I I give thanks for that I you know I was young enough I started at 23 that to me is like the equivalent of being a teenager and I mean, because we really is so young and we don't know and, you know, coming from our own wounds and our own heartaches, I was so unprepared. I was so naive and, and cavalier with, with the whole process. And I learned so dramatically and so profoundly what that means. I mean, you talk about the suffering of, of parenthood that's a rite of passage, you know, that's what makes it real. And the fact that we we confront death, that the woman confronts death, that's, that's a real rite of passage. It's like, it's like Richard Tarnas, the cultural historian and, and archetypal astrologer, depth psychologist says is, if death isn't part of that equation and the rite of passage, it's not a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. That's what we have to remember. It's not a joke. It's a rite of passage. And in Mesoamerican, as we I've spoken in the last episode, 
women and, and birthing people, we become warriors in that process, in the in in the, in the battlefield of, of 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 childbirth. I don't like to think of it as a as, as a battlefield, but that was the Mesoamerican um, image for it. And I think of it, I mean, to me, the image that came to mind was the volcano, but I knew when I went into childbirth at 23 without ever having had a child before that suddenly the first contraction began, I knew I was in a ritual. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't know. And and, and once I knew my other two births that were also at home, I created altars. I created you know, uh, my my birthing temple for my for my process. Um, I in my in I had midwives from. Uh, this was the, my last birth was in Guerneville, California. I had three births: one in Santa Cruz, one in Holland, the Netherlands, and which I speak about in the next episode. And in my last birth, I remember that um, I was in transition, and the midwives were getting concerned because my baby's cord was wrapped around the neck three times. And every time I pushed her out, she'd be pulled back in. And they they said, oh my God, you know, we're probably gonna have to transport. And I thought that was enough for me. I was, a, you know, I was 30 and I was strong and I was healthy and I thought, no, that's not gonna happen. In that moment, I invoked, um, one of the, the the Aztec birthing goddesses, you know, that we see in many images, her teeth, you know, she's squatting and her, you see her teeth and, you know, it, it's, it's a powerful image. And I pushed her out in the next, you know, my, my you know, my, my, my kids, my, my daughter's uh, father called the kids upstairs, come, we need your prayers. They were all there. And she was out in the next push. And I remember my midwives were so loving and, and they knew exactly how to, you know, to, to, to remove the cord from her neck without hurting her, without endangering her life. And, and um, one of the, the midwives looked at me, she, she was an American woman, not of any Hispanic origin. And she said, in that moment, I saw the Aztec birthing goddess in your face. Yeah, I had not said anything. I had not said that invocation aloud, but she saw her. That's the power of women in birth. In every single one of my births, there was a flood. I lived in Holland. I lived in Santa Cruz. I lived in Guerneville. These were different parts of the world, and the flood were just unleashed. This power of the birthing mother, the birthing person is real, and is what we reclaim. You know, These kind of modalities that you bring to the fore, are key, they're vital. They're not to replace what exists, the pharmaceutical approach at all. They're to add to it. And they're to add to our understanding of what is medicine? How do we address the soul you know, of the birthing person? How do we address the profound reality and hauntings of, of, of the depression and psychosis? And so, you know, for that, I thank you for for moving it that forward how do we heal the bonds if we're taken from our babies this work that you that you're doing thea is is key and it's vital in this in this kairos and opportune moment you know that we we stand between the worlds as the earth herself our mother convulses and burns and floods and 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 
these these healing modalities remind us that there's another way to be on the planet that's ancient and that yes. we know that we know within our hearts and souls and that we can reclaim and your work is helping to do that and so i, I just want to thank you for that no thank you i remember um my own birth experience and just feeling this after it was um after it was completed uh, and during well and before actually during during the process of labor feeling this rush of electricity um in my body this energetic shift and um i, I mean hormonally yes there are so many hormones active in your body at the time but it it was almost electric yep and I just felt so I sing the body electric it is it really was powerful and um and very transcendental at the time yeah it is it is it's a rite of passage it's a real rite of passage it's not a joke it's not a sitcom it's real it's powerful and it's beautiful and it's it's one of the most profound rites on passage, uh, you know, uh, rites of passage that we experience on the planet and that we are reclaiming. So thank you so much for this vital and important work that you're doing, Thea. Any any last words that I, I, what I would like is sort of words, your words of wisdom to to any birthing mothers that are, that have are birthing people that have just recently experienced this and might be, you know, experiencing the depression you know i know that there's the baby blues and then there's the you know then there's the depression but then there's the psychosis any words of wisdom that you can guide us on as we as we close this beautiful session i think the my first goal would be to talk about it yes reach out talk about it and reach out and in in doing so we take away whatever stigma may exist about having a perimenopausal mood and anxiety disorder perimenopausal psychosis and it exists big time and it exists big time mothers and and birthing people are just i mean the fodder of judgment and everybody gets on the moral high horse and they, you know what in such a dysfunctional and, and dystopian society but with no guidance whatsoever and you know how do we know how to become a mother that's healing and that heals our own you know that tends our own soul and that of our babies oh my god I think um in my own experience I I, I did have some outlets for uh movement Wonderful. You're a dancer. You're a dancer. Yeah. Uh, as a prior dancer, um, well, at this point in my life, I'm taking a hiatus. <laughs> my doctoral studies, but um, I, I was so grateful for the opportunity to join a class uh, to have a community where I could do this uh, connective, um, regenerative movement with my child. And um, really develop those bonds and um, this kind of nonverbal communication, um, this right brain to right brain communication that is uh, can be so key um, to 
developing an understanding of your infant and um, being attuned and really present with your child and present with yourself. Um, I think that just in speaking with other birthing people, um, especially other people that have had um, perhaps maybe a difficult birth, um, we all have different birth experiences. Um, but I think that we don't have this space to process what we've been through on on any level be it super easy or extremely challenging is like we've been talking about a transcendental experience and I just don't feel like we have in our current society these spaces no. to process absolutely in a patriarchal structure that is not allowed you have maternity leave if you're lucky and that's if you're lucky and but paternity leave forget it and it's it's just not recognized. It's a whole structure. And so, you know, this, this, it, it, it's a real challenge. This idea of reaching out is key, you know, reach out for those, you know, for those that in the listening community that can't, you know, let's say afford a Jungian analyst, the Jungian institutes always offer, you know, a, um, the opportunity to work with someone at an incredibly reduced fee, you know, you know, a, a doctoral student, maybe somebody like, you know, like Thea, if you're lucky, you know, to 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 help you in this process. And, you know, whether it's it's a union, you know, analyst that you look for or a curandera, you know, you know, look, just look, find a community and don't imagine that it's just limited, you know, or that you that you're alone. Because one in eight women suffer this, whether it's depression or you know to the extreme. So, it, it by and large, it's a, it's not a small community, and it's not a surprise in in a, a patriarchal structure. But we are we are evolving ever so slowly. <laughs> I think just just finding a community, even if it's a very small community of other birthing people, um, with whom you can create with whom you can bond with your baby, move with your baby, perhaps create art with your baby. Lovely. Create art together to process these experiences um, that you've had, both with the birth experience and in this parental role transition. It's a huge, huge transition. And for me personally, it was very hard. And I just didn't feel like I had anyone to process that with. And so finding a small community of parents and children um, in which to speak, to, like I said, use some movement, engage with the child on a nonverbal level. Oh, and that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And, and you know, and key that, that, because even if we don't know what we're doing, look at your baby in the eyes. That's hard. Even if you don't feel like I know what I'm doing, just love your baby through your eyes. You know, the eyes, David Orr, who is a wonderful artist here out of Los Angeles, he, he talked about the mandala. He, he's all of his artwork is mandala artwork, which is done through photography, which is exquisite. But he said that the, the first mandala he believes is the eye. And the, the, the mandala, you talk about the circle is a symbol of wholeness in, in, in Jungian thought, right? It, Plotinus says that that the the soul circles around a center, 
right? It's, it's, and, and, and it must, because that's where divinity gathers. It circles around that center. And as an image of psychological wholeness, it's key. When we are detached from that center, from that circle, then what Plotinus says is we wander like brutes on the planet, which I think, you know, I think it's a fair illustration of, you know, today's dystopian society as we confront the sixth great extinction. Um, and so it's so key that playing and that silliness with the baby, you know, I remember once being so surprised when I started doing silly things with my baby and she start for the first time started laughing. I thought, oh my God, you know, yay, you know, but the eye contact is key if the bond has been broken, you know, if, if the mother's been hospitalized, the eye contact, that's a loving, that's a wholeness, that's a, a recognition of the oneness between the mother and the child. So and safety and trust. Mm, safety and trust. This energy transfer, you know, between the parent and the child. Um, that is where the safety and the trust come. And I think, you know, there is some sense of disconnection when a parent may be going through a parent. Uh, peripartum motor anxiety disorder there there is a sense of disconnection I I felt that yeah me too not maybe not everyone would feel that but um it was something that I struggled with and I struggled with loneliness yeah. um, and just not knowing how to be a mother you, you know, know and not- that's that's so interesting to me too Thea, because it's so universal then, because when I struggled that, that was pre-cell phone, it was pre-Google, it was pre-any of that, and I, you know, I thought that my isolation was because I was isolated, you know, I was living in a, you know, a little small village in, 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 in northern Europe, and, you know, I couldn't connect with my friends that lived in the States, and I, I felt very alone and isolated, and it was so cold and snowy, and it was just, you know, the classic image for me. A little California girl of, 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 uh, you know, of the mythic underworld, you know, and, and so, but to know that here you are in, in you know, Southern California and you, you also felt that isolation. So it is an archetypal experience and one that needs deep, deep attending to, you know, deep and loving and, you know, healing tending to, which of course pharmaceuticals can help, but it's beyond that as well. There are other modalities. And so for that, I thank you. I thank you for this lovely, lovely interview. And and uh, please stay, you know, because I'm, I'm about ready to wrap it up. And I, I, I um, want to thank all of my listeners. And please, if you like the show, please share it with your friends. Uh, you know, share it online. Let's let's get the message out there. You know, there's a young group um, on Instagram of mothers who who actually microdose and they're doing their own surveys. You know, because they're some of them are nursing moms and there are other modalities. Let's let's invite these and thank you so so much, Thea. I'm thrilled and and um, I give thanks to the new moon goddess Sharatanga and to her celestial midwives, the Nana Kuku from my tradition, uh, Purepa tradition, tradition of the state of Michoacan. So I give thanks. Thank you so much, Thea. And with that, until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. Mm-hmm.